What do you know about that, man? <laughs> That was pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's up, everybody? I'm Chase Gwinniger, host of the Kentucky Field Podcast, and I'm going to keep this pretty short and simple. Basically, this episode is going to be the audio from the Kentucky Field Fishing Call-In Show, which was recorded live this past Saturday, February the 22nd. I'll let Chad introduce the panel. I'm going to get out of the way real quick. But first of all, we have some unanswered questions. You know, obviously there's time constraints with a TV show. That's a benefit of a podcast. We don't have to get the show to exactly this length or exactly that length. We can kind of go and do what we want with it. So uh, there are some unanswered questions from this call-in show. I'm going to try to line up a fisheries biologist to come on, possibly Jeff Ross, Jeff Crosby, Paul Wilkes, somebody like that to come on and answer some of the unanswered questions from this show. So look for another kind of like a sequel to this episode, if you will. But anyway, this is the Kentucky Field Fishing Call-In Show. And also, before I get off here, March 28th on KET at 8.30 p.m. Eastern will be the the live Kentucky Field Spring Turkey Hunting Call-In Show. So look forward to that. And then later in the summer, probably in August, we'll have our Kentucky Wild Call-In Show, which is non-game species. And then a little bit later in the fall, we'll have our fall hunting call-in show, you know, that deals with all that. But this is the Kentucky Field Fishing Call-In Show. Here you go. Hello, and welcome to Kentucky Field. I'm your host, Chad Miles. Tonight, we're here to talk about one of my very favorite topics, and that's fishing here in the state of Kentucky. Joining me, I have three experts here to answer all of your questions. We've already got a ton of questions from Facebook, but if you want to ask your question, you can reach us at 1-800-944-4664. To my left here, I have Jeff Ross, fisheries biologist. How you doing, Jeff? Good. We also have Jeff Crosby. Both these guys have been on here quite a few times. Uh, they've been on the water quite a bit, and they've got a lot of information for you, so uh, make sure you call. And then answering all of our law enforcement questions, we have a newcomer to the program, Officer Cody Berry. Welcome. How you doing? Hey, you may notice this show is uh, quite a bit earlier than we've done it in years past. And, uh, you know, we've been saying, hey, if you fish the state of Kentucky, the best time to be out there, what's your favorite month? Oh, March, April. March, April. What's your favorite yeah, month? Probably the same. What would you think? Yeah, same. We've been doing this show in late April after turkey season for quite some time. And uh, we want to get the information out there and make sure that people ask the questions and start planning their fishing trips a little bit earlier. So uh, I've been on the water a couple times this year. I've already had some success. And uh, we're looking forward to being on the water a lot the next two months. So let's get straight to our questions. Um, first question is, Chris, is a Facebook question. Why doesn't Lake Cumberland have the big blue and flathead catfish like Barkley and Kentucky Lakes? Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some out there, but it's probably mostly a productivity difference between the west and, you know, the southeast and such and water temperatures and things like that. But I'm sure there's, you know, a few, but just not as many. Okay. Uh, Larry Mitchell has Facebook question. Saw guy are now the new lo in the new local lake. What's the best bait for catching them? Everybody wants to catch saw guy. I mean, when you put those in a new lake, everyone wants to get out there and learn techniques to catch them. And they can be uh, a little more difficult to catch uh, fish to target. They have proven to be a little difficult. A lot of people do struggle, but you can, you know, pick some up here and there. A lot of people are using great baits. Mm. Um, some are using, uh, you know, jigs. I've caught them fishing for bass 
on plastic worms before. Mm -hmm. But I think the, the crankbaits are probably a little bit better and also, you know, pulling a jig. Sometimes I'll tip them with night crawlers and do mm -hmm. pretty well. But uh, sometimes they can prove a little difficult in some of the lakes. You can catch them up off the bottom, but I'd say with the closer to the bottom you are, your productivity goes up. So if you're fishing water that's 10 feet deep, you want to throw a bait that run, will run 10 feet deep or close to it, don't you? Yes. And try to fish in the top two or three feet of the water and catch saw guys a really rough thing to do. So make sure you're fishing on the bottom or close to it. And my son uh, caught several because he was fishing in a lot a jig a lot slower than I was. So <laughs> yes, it's pretty important to stay contacted with the bottom. And this time of year, cold water, you almost can't fish too slow, can you? No. Just slow down and take your time and enjoy the scenery. <clears throat> Doug, from a Facebook question, wants to know what happened to the Sauger in Kentucky Lake below Kentucky Dam? Any information there? I don't know. It's, you know, it's never been a real strong population. You know, we've had some issues with Asian carp pushing some fish around down there. Um, but I'm not sure. I haven't heard I much think about it. I have had some uh, spawning issues at times, but mm -hmm. you know, I think it's... You know, probably most of the time you, you deal with poor reproduction a lot of times or lack of spawning success. That, so that for, that. there's all these species of, uh, of walleye, sauger, sauga, and a lot of times it can be hard even for an experienced angler, even a biologist to tell at certain, age, uh, certain time frames and ages, it's hard to tell the difference. There's been some rule changes and regulations on that, hasn't there? Yeah, and we uh, actually, that's a good time to mention that. And, and that may be part of the reason why he's not seeing the fish. In the Ohio River, they were, uh, did a big study and found that there was, the numbers were dropping and not a lot of fish over three years old, and not a lot of big fish. So we changed the regs along with Ohio and they're working on it and all the Ohio River states. So it's a uh, six fish. 14 inch size limit, try to protect the fish a little bit. But, but that may be But a it's a combined. Work. You can have two walleye, a sauger, and three sauger, it doesn't matter. Right. It's 14 inches, six fish, right. combined all in, on, yeah. in one creel. And he may be seeing what we were seeing on the Ohio River with the population kind of in a little bit of a de decline. What, so for people that want to target, we're getting all these sauger and sauger questions. Um, you're talking about spawn. Obviously, that's a good time to fish for them. When, when, it, when do those fish spawn? Uh, pretty much right now, they're <laughs> making their migration. And uh, a lot of times, they'll hit a lot of the locks and dams on these mm -hmm. rivers and uh, kind of get held up there. And so they congregate below a lot of these locks and dams. So it's a great time of year to get out and to, uh, you know, uh, go after those fish. Make sure you're wearing your life jacket, fishing <laughs> in, uh, anywhere this time of year, but definitely below those locks and dams. Definitely. <clears throat> um, here's a law enforcement question. Andrew, wants, it's an Instagram question, wants to know if uh, children have their own daily krill limits or do the fish they keep count as part of the adult limit that they're fishing with? So they have the same krill limit <clears throat> as the adult would. Um, so your adult, if they're fishing for walleye or sauger, like you said, they can have six and then the adult can have six, so it's the same. So as long as they, they are their own entity when it comes yes. to, to krill? Yes. All right, <clears throat> Perry Kane's Facebook question. The season for snagging rough fish uh, ends in early May. He wants to know if that includes snagging bait fish. I think he's wanting to know if he can use a, a light at night and uh, snag shad. It probably depends a little bit on what he's using. You know, if he's using a single hook, you know, rod with a jerking motion, then it, it wouldn't be allowed past that time. I think if they're using like the sabiki rigs, mm -hmm. where there's actual feathers, which would be constitute a lure, mm -hmm. I think, 
um, then he probably could. But it sounds like he, under the lights, he may be just trying to snag them, which we probably won't extend that just because we run into other problems with other species and such. It's really hard for a person to figure out what they're targeting. I mean, they run, right. with the, run into this issue up north as well. Right. Because some, in some places up north, the smallmouth literally have a season like a hunting season. It's really hard to say, well, no, I'm actually targeting this species of fish. Right. So, yeah, that, that becomes a little, a little iffy. John, Facebook question, uh, another sawguy question. Can sawguy be put into Kincaid Lake to help control some of the uh, crappie population? Mm -hmm. uh, probably right now we're not looking at uh, expanding that uh, sawguy um, stocking too much right now as we're, again, still trying to evaluate uh, the lakes that we are stocking now. Uh, I mean, it could be a possibility down the road, but uh, Kincaid is a great bass lake, and uh, it's a great fishery, and uh, it's a, especially this time of year in March, early April, you could catch a very large, large mouth up there right now. Oh, so. yeah. You know, I, the biggest bass I've caught in a long time, I actually caught last year in late March. Um, and I tell you, you slow down, those big fish it will move into those shallow waters. And the really, really big fish, that's the time of year to catch one, isn't it? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We see a lot of good fish even in February. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. see them earlier. So yeah. make sure you're getting out there. You know, water <laughs> conditions are hopefully are going to improve. We've had a lot of rain, a lot of stained water, a lot, you know, it's a bad combination when you're bass fishing or crappie fishing and you have cold, dark water. It's a hard time to catch fish. We're not supposed to have a whole lot of rain over the next, the next few days, so hopefully the, the water clears up a little bit. Um, Phil, what is the best time to fish for the white bass run? Hey, this is one of my favorite things to do, get out and white bass fish. Yeah, generally you're looking for water temperatures moving into the, the we'll say the mid 50s, mid 50s, uh, which for us here, we're talking probably early April. Mm -hmm. uh, you may, this year, maybe a little earlier, because it mm -hmm. does seem to be warming up a little bit sooner than uh, this year than it has in the past. But generally, we want the water temperatures in that low 50, mid 50 range, uh, which is generally, we'll say, that first of April. And uh, when we get the right rains at the right times and the cur currents coming down, of course, that pulls a lot of those fish up. So we have a couple of extraordinary white bass um, streams here in the state of Kentucky. I've, we've fished numerous ones, and uh, no land's probably my favorite just because of the number of 15, 16, 17 inch fish. It's pretty amazing. But uh, tell me some others. Well, Harrington, you know, it's historic uh, for, you know, some really good white bass runs. We see some same size uh, white bass, those mm -hmm. 14, 15, 16 inches. Uh, Taylorsville is very good for numbers, not quite that good of quality, but mm -hmm. you'll see them up, you know, 12, 13 inches there. But those are some uh, some really good, uh, at least in our area that I work, those are two really good places to go for white bass in the spring. There is a, um, not for the first time, but a really good population in fish trap. Okay. Which people probably don't realize, but the biologists out there said this is probably the year to go after them. Okay, there you go. You heard it right there. A <laughs> new tip for white bass fishing. A lot of a lot of times that might be the first species that people go out for. If they, you know, if they kind of fish here and there and they get excited, they get that cabin fever. White bass are really good species to go target because if you get on them, you're going to catch a bunch of fish. And they're such hard fighting fish for their size. They're a lot of fun to catch. <clears throat> Here's a Facebook question. Uh, David is wanting to know if he can expect to see any tighter regulations on smallmouths in streams. He said 15 fi inch fish are really getting hard to find, and uh, he, he thinks it's uh, due to the boom in kayak fishing. What's your all's thoughts? Uh, so, stream uh, 
smallmouth populations. We've not had a lot of data on a lot of the streams, so we actually started up a streams research section, and really they're going out right now and sampling a lot of these streams we didn't have data on. So, you know, some of this will be that we just didn't have the data on them. Uh, we have seen, like at Green River Lake or Green River, that they uh, looked at exploitation or how many fish were being taken out, and it was really low. So it's going to probably depend on the stream. Mm -hmm. um, but we're in the midst of collecting data, so that's not to say that we won't put regs where they need to be. You know, we want to make sure that there's a there's a catchable population of right. all age classes of all the fish species. I mean, that's really what your goal is. It's as biologists, right? You want right. to have recruitment and and good populations throughout the age classes, right? Correct. Uh, that, and again, we don't see you know, a lot of the studies we do krill wise. You know, people don't harvest black bass. I mm -hmm. mean, that's just not something that's done often. Uh, but again, where we where we go in and see maybe there is some more exploitation, like they you know which they didn't see. They, you know, there could be regulations put on those those situations or those streams. You know, times have changed so much over the last thirty years, and I think a lot of it is tournament fishing with with black bass and largemouth mm -hmm. bass. Where uh, you know, I can remember seeing pictures of people back in the 70s and 80s with stringers of bass, and when they went out, you caught a largemouth, you kept it. That really has changed a lot. To the point where I have fished some ponds that there's so little harvest of those fish that the fish are stunted. So if you have a pond and you're seeing a whole lot of small bass, the best thing you can do is start keeping some of them, right? Correct. We see, we get a lot of phone calls where people have trouble growing bass, and that's generally because their populations are overcrowded. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you, sometimes harvesting bass in certain instances can be very beneficial mm -hmm. because uh, it does thin bound the population. The fish that are left have more food. They can grow, grow better, have better fish. Uh, but there is a point that you can go too far with that, and you can mm -hmm. overexploit a, a, a lake or a stream. But uh, these, this day and age, it's not very common. Mm -hmm. All right, next question. Uh, this is from DJ in Laurel County. He wants to know what the best lake is to catch yellow perch in Kentucky. <clears throat> he wants a place near Laurel County. He's in the right spot to look for a perch, isn't he? I think so. What we're hearing <laughs> is that uh, uh, what comes to mind for me is uh, Linville. Yep. Mm -hmm. Linville Lake, uh, which is there uh, uh, near Mount Vernon. Mm -hmm. I believe that's where that is. And uh, we're talking mm -hmm. with the, the biologist down there. She's talking like they're seeing some um, yellow perch there, and, and actually a few decent ones at times. So I've have seen uh, pictures, and uh, I've talked to people at Limbo Lake, and they said they are catching some yellow perch down there. Now, <clears throat> some people who are not not from or they're from Kentucky and mainly fish our lakes may may confuse that with a yellow bass. Um, sure. Now, perch looks. Tell me the difference in what they look like uh -huh. between a perch and a bass. Well, I mean, the uh, the yellow bass is going to be looking more like a, uh, uh, we'll say, a white bass mm -hmm. uh, or a hybrid. I mm -hmm. mean, it's in that family uh, what, what they call maronis, but uh, so it's going to look more like a white bass in that that tempered bass family. The the yellow perch is going to look more in the uh, walleye family. Mm -hmm. It's it's but it's going to be a little bit more scrunched up, we'll say, in, in a little bit different color, So, it, it, but it's in that family uh, with the walleye. But, uh, so they are a little bit different. Uh, the, you know, we're a little too far south for real good yellow perch, so that's the reason I don't think we have great populations or would have great populations in the state. We're just not at that right latitude, we'll say. So, <clears throat> we don't manage that, that particular fish species here in the state of Kentucky, right? No. Are there any uh, regulations on those? No. No. 
Okay, so if a person does go down and catches one, there's no size lim length limit for that? I do mm -hmm. not believe so. No. Okay. All right, John from Frankfurt um, wants to know if Elmore Davis Lake is going to be a good spot for some pan fishing this year. John's he's got the right idea. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah, we're real excited about Elmore Davis right now. It's uh, one, it's fishing well. The populations look great uh, from the panfish uh, crop. You know, we'll say the the bluegill uh, red ear look really good. Uh, the crappie look great, and so do the bass. I mean, right now the lake is it's fishing well, and it's going to be a great opportunity. I think it's going to be a great spring, as long as we have the, no weird weather conditions, <laughs> more rain. Yeah, more, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's been it's been the last couple of years been the winter fishing, which one of my favorite times to fish. I'm, uh, I can't remember a time where I canceled more fishing trips due to high water and stained water as I have the last couple of years. So hopefully this pattern kind of goes on and lets me do some more wintertime fishing. Uh, Mike from Franklin County, what, he wants to know what's happened to the Helgamites in Elkhorn Creek. You guys seeing any, any uh, reduction in Helgamites in Elkhorn? Uh, it's not really a thing that we look at, per se, because you know, you're dealing with a, um, an insect. Uh, but uh, the interesting thing about Helgamites, they have a two-year life cycle. So, I mean, it, it, it takes a while for them to go through their process. Con when you compare it to other insects. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but, uh, you know, I've, we've heard that for a while. Uh, you know, we, especially after the flood of 97, we started hearing a, that comment a lot uh, about having a hard time to find them. And I, I went out, we would, with the kids at that time, we would find some, uh, you know, they were still there. But, uh, you know, I do think that uh, based on their life cycles, you know, some of this, since 2010, we've had a lot uh, more rain over, you know, our rain has been a lot more, in, we'll say, intense over the years than maybe back in the 80s or something. So I think maybe that may have something to do with it also. It's just the kind of climate we're in right now. Okay. Will affect them. Here's another question. This is a crayfish question. Uh, Bill from Bullock County, he, uh, he wants to know what crayfish color patterns to use on a crankbait to match the color in different, uh, different times of year. <clears throat> Do you have any uh, thoughts on uh, changing the color of your crankbait to match uh, the color of the crayfish? If, if uh, early season, muddy, you know, talk about muddy water right now, I, I like a red one mm -hmm. uh, this time of year. Uh, ha ha I've had a few good days, you know, throwing a reddish crankbait, again, in that off-color water. You get more toward clear water, you want more toward natural colors. But the bright colors, I think, when you it kind of goes conditions and seasons. You, you, you said it's really interesting to me because if I was going to answer the question, it would be very similar to how you answered it. And that is, I wouldn't be so worried about what the the actual fish that look, how they change in the in the uh, water column. Like say the say crayfish are orange and green with with tips on there right. that are that are. I wouldn't be so concerned what they look like. Match the water color with the right color bait. Dark stained water, you want to throw more reds and, and more bright colors. And clear colored water, you want to throw more uh, silvers and, and the whites. Natural and colors. The natural colors, yeah. I don't know that the fish really care. If they, they see it, they're going to eat it, right? It's going to be a reaction bite. Yeah. So. Ron from uh, Jefferson County wants to know if a 200 horsepower motor is allowed on Cedar Creek Lake. <clears throat> <laughs> any questions? Any answers here? Uh, I think would have a special rig probably on it. Um, I think it. I think it's allowed. I, I can't remember. I think. Uh, I don't think. I think that you're allowed yeah, yeah. to run up. I think so. Have they There's changed? Nothing it? that comes to mind. Yeah, is what I'm sitting there thinking. And uh, 
But I know we at one time were dealing with motor size regulations. Yeah, I, I think it's sure. allowed. I'm pretty sure it's allowed. allowed. Hey, we're going to check back on that one because <laughs> that's one that I'm not really sure. I've been on that Cedar Creek Lake with a boat. And I'm pretty sure that it was allowed. Yeah. It was allowed to, to run. But we'll check back on that one. Check our Facebook page on any answer, any question that we can't get an answer for tonight. Check back in on our Facebook. Or you could always call the Department of Fish and Wildlife Info Center and get an answer at any point in time. You don't have to wait for the call-in show. That's 1-800-858-1549 and ask one of those information specialists. They'd be glad to help you out. And, man, those guys are a wealth of knowledge. <laughs> Um, all right, let's go to the next one. Uh, Jerry from Butler County wants to know if it's legal to catch suckers by gigging them, and what time of year do they run in the stream? This is an interesting question. Well, they're going to be running here very shortly. It's you're, you're looking at, uh, again, probably about the time in which the white bass are running, they should be running too. Again, probably that late March through April time frame. Have you guys ever gigged suckers? I have never no. done it. I will tell you that the people that tell me that they gig suckers and can that that meat and make uh, salmon patties out of them, they're obviously not salmon, but <laughs> similar to a salmon right. patty, and absolutely love that. I've, I've never eaten done it, it, and it was really good. <clears throat> oh, really? And, okay. Uh, but I, I've never actually gone out. I do need game. to remember the gigging season is February 1st to May 10th. Okay. So if it's past it has May be, 10th, then it has to be done be during gigging. that time. Yep. That's, a, that's, a that's situation. generally the time frame. Yeah. yeah. That's going to be a situation where watercolor is going to be really important because you're, you're, you have to be able to see through the water to see these fish. And water level. And water level. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. David from Hardin County, are walleye still being stocked in no Lynn? If so, how's that going? Uh, they've been stocked every year. Um, no Lynn, that's the lake we're trying to look at a little bit more. We, uh, we're actually doing a creel survey this year, so we'll be collecting some more data on what the anglers are catching. But Nolan's one of our lakes. We put a lot of walleye in, but we don't see a whole lot coming out. So we're uh, trying to figure out, you know, is it just lack of cool water habitat or, you know, what's going on? A lot of the lakes are starting to get a little more eutro eutrophic, mm -hmm. more productive, and mm -hmm. the walleye at some point, you know, don't have the habitat they need. So we're just... We're looking at it a little closer, but we have been putting walleye in every year, and we still are. Okay. Steve from Jefferson County wants to know, where is a good place to get started with kayak fishing? That is, uh, I'm not sure if he's talking about a place to go to look for kayaks, but we're, let's talk about bodies of water that set up really well for kayak fishing. In the Jefferson County? He's, he is from Jefferson County. Uh, I would <clears> say uh, you've got... Uh, there in Jefferson County, you got McNeely Lake. Uh, it's a 51-acre lake uh, there in the southern part. They're off Cooper Chapel Road. Mm -hmm. uh, it's uh, it's good. It's very good panfish lake. It's got some decent bass in it too. Uh, we stock catfish in it, uh, so it's uh, again, it's a really good place to get started because it's a, uh, a trolling motor only lake. Mm -hmm. So that's a that's a very good place to go. Uh, Floyd's Fork. You got Floyd's Fork would be a great place to go. Um, beautiful. I mean, that that's that's a really pretty stream. It sure is. I was raised right on Floyd's Fork and fished it many many years, and it's a beautiful stretch yeah. of water. There's some nice fish in that. I mean, it it. <clears throat> You know, being being on Elkhorn sampling and being on that one, it's a lot like Elkhorn. It just it doesn't have quite the numbers, but it's got some of the quality. So mm -hmm. there's some really nice smallmouth to be caught. There was a lot. Of, there's been some conversation about uh, kayak fishing, and uh, man, that is something that is booming in popularity. And I will tell you this: uh, unless you have a lot of experience paddling, <laughs> kayak fishing can be highly productive, but 
you might want to start out in non-moving water. We have a lot of great areas to fish, but if fishing and boat control with, a, with moving water, it's something that takes a little bit of time to figure out. Um, if you're someone who wants to fish some streams, you might want to go down and find you a spot where you have permission where you can stand up, make some casts, and get back in the kayak, or, or, or try to learn how to maneuver that kayak on somewhere like McNeely Lake. Right. Because that, what, I, what I noticed when I first started kayak fishing is uh, boat control with a paddle and casting is not an easy thing. <laughs> it takes some experience. But we've got, you know, there's a lot of lakes. I think a lot of our small lakes around the area, you know, Benji Kimmon Lake, which isn't too far. It's mm -hmm. a great place to mm -hmm. go. Uh, Jericho Lake yeah. uh, there uh, in Henry County also. Again, these are lakes that are not going to be a bad place to go. And mm -hmm. then, you've again, you've got some streams. Uh, you know, it's, Green River is a great fishery. And oh, yeah. So if you get used to you know, paddling and current, that's mm -hmm. a good place to go. Absolutely. We're blessed here in the state of Kentucky with streams and small lakes and big lakes. Kayaks can be for really, really big water. If you watch people down in the ocean, they kayak fish in the ocean. So big waters, as long as you're being careful and make sure that you're very visible to, to boaters out there, but big bodies of water can be extremely productive for kayak fishing. I don't know if you know, we, we just did a piece on Del Hollow about two months ago and we never went out of sight of the ramp and we're catching four and five pound smallies pretty regularly. So it's a uh, big water don't, doesn't need to be overlooked. It can be excellent out of a kayak. Donald from Grant County, uh, how do otters get in, uh, in the lakes and what can be done to help control them? Otters is not really a, uh, it's not really a fish. <laughs> it's the fishing college show, but I don't know why they're asking because yeah. they, they can be pretty voracious when it comes to eating fish. Yeah, they can. <clears throat> You know, we, they were, the department stocked them back in the 90s, I believe. Um, and, uh, you know, their populations have expanded. I mean, they are, you, you can trap them, and trappers can trap them. You know, that's how populations can be controlled. Um, you know, we, I deal with a lot of landowners that talk about them, you know, uh, you know in ponds and stuff. And, uh, and not to say they, they do eat fish, mm -hmm. but... Uh, I think a lot, when you especially talk about black bass and stuff, uh, it's very low percentage. I mm -hmm. think the study that UK did, they looked at like 170 stomachs, and of which I think 126 had content. Of that, 108 had fish in it, but only six of them had a black bass in them. Really? So, I mean, you, the thing you got to realize, there's a lot of fish out there in these streams other than, you know, maybe what we want to fish for, you mm -hmm. know, suckers, shad, you know, other sunfish, you know, mm -hmm. long ear and all that. And, uh, you know, they're feeding on a lot of that, you know, as much more so than they really are feeding on what we sport fish, what we're after. Mm. So. Okay. Charles from Laurel County wants to know what the fishing forecast looks like for bass and walleye around Old London Boat Dock area of the Cumberland and Rockcastle River. Does anybody have any information on that area? I know, well, not on that area specific. Um, the Cumberland drainage, or at least Lake Cumberland itself, the bass, you know, largemouth and such has picked up pretty well. Good. But we, I don't think we have any information up there. Talk it, a little bit about the fishing forecast. For, for anyone all over the state of Kentucky, we actually put out a document that's pretty significant. And we're talking about 50, 60 pages <laughs> of information yeah. all over the state of Kentucky for all the different game, uh, game fish. Tell me a little bit about what all's in there and where that can be found, because it's out for 2020. So if anybody of water that you're interested in fishing in throughout the state of Kentucky and you want to know more information about 
um, different fish species and what the forecast would be good, poor, or whatever. There's a place they can find all that information. Isn't yeah, there? it's a, the, the fishing forecast is really good. It, it's based on uh, a lot of our <laughs> biologists sampling. So if they haven't sampled in a certain area, like up in that area, we won't have that forecast for that area, but like Cumberland's covered. Mm -hmm. Uh, but it covers every district. It lists all the game fish species for each lake, whether it's going to be good, poor, fair, excellent. Gives some ideas of how to fish for them. And uh, if you just wanted to do it real quick, in the very back of it, it has a cheat sheet. And it just lists for each species the lakes that are going to be good or excellent fishing for those species. So if you don't want to read through the whole thing, you go to the back of the book and look up bluegill and find out which lakes you have the best chance of catching them and head out. That it, it really is a yep. very, very great uh, piece of information. You know, <clears throat> something that uh, we've all looked at a little bit that's going to be coming out sometime this year is an app that controls some of that information. Also has some of the, all the GPS locations where the department puts out um, structure. That app, it's got boat ramps and all that in there. It's not out yet. I've seen it. It's it's going to be very impressive. So keep an eye out for that too. There, I don't know when it's going to be out, but uh, when it comes out, if you're a fisherman in the state of Kentucky, you're going to want to download that app. It also has links to the fishing forecast every single year as well. It's going to be a great doc, a great yeah. app to can to help you out, help you navigate to the water and on the water. John, uh, Cumberland Lake uh, spring fishing. He wants to know March and April time frame for crappie or striped bass. Uh, What's going to be the best and what productive uh, fishing techniques would you recommend? Well, uh, for stripers, uh, really the night, as you, uh, we get into April, May, you start getting into that night surface bite. That's always a lot of fun. That's, that's, a, that's an adrenaline rush uh, with, um, you know, as you have a, you know, 10 pound striper blow up on a surface bait in the dark. Uh, so, it, you know, that's always a lot of fun. I know a lot of people that will do, you know, whether they use live shad, uh, you know, there's some options for that. Uh, that's where maybe getting a guide is helpful there mm -hmm. to help you out with some of those techniques. But uh, crappie, I don't remember Just back what up, the forecast you know. is for that. But for, the, for there, again, getting up in those creeks, you know, finding okay. some cover, uh, you know, finding those spawning flats, you know, that are adjacent to that or, you know, be really good. Now, smallmouth, you know, in March uh, is always a lot of fun mm. uh, down on Cumberland. So that's usually a great time to get into some decent, you know, smallmouth fishing. I think typically for striped bass, they're up in the creeks earlier and then work their way out. So, you know, uh, some people that I know that crappie fish Cumberland, the people who know that lake, <laughs> Absolutely love crappie fish in Cumberland. I think it can be hard to locate fish, but if you find them, the size of the fish yep. in Lake Cumberland is pretty impressive for crappie, isn't it? Yeah, yeah there's good people. sizes, and uh, there's another year class coming up. They're like five to seven inches right now, but it's a strong one, so hopefully that bodes well for the few. You know, we got a lot of big ones, but as they start to peter out, we got another year class coming up that should fill in there. Good, good. Uh, Gary from Marshall County says he turns 65 in June. He wants to know if he has to wait till his birthday to buy a senior license. He turns 65 when? In June. In June. Well, he'll have to go ahead and uh, buy his annual license for your regular, or his, if he goes fishing, he'll have to buy a $23 license. If he hunts, he'll have to buy the regular amount. 
So, but if he, that's if he wants to fish prior to yes, June. Before, yeah. yeah. I wouldn't. I wouldn't wait till June for. <laughs> no, if he wants to fish, and you know, if he wants to wait till June, then he can get his senior license in June and be okay. Okay. Uh, Sam from Mason County wants to know if uh, during flood conditions, where do the uh, tributaries of a river end for regulation reasons? This is always a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so I don't for. As far as lakes go, we've put, we this year we've actually got. I don't know if he's talking about tribs coming into lakes or tribs coming into the rivers, mm -hmm. but for tribs coming into the lakes, it's the first riffle. But mm -hmm. we've had some lakes, you know, that can change depending on water levels. Um, this year for Green Cave Run and Nolin, um, I think it was Nolin. No, it may have been rough. We actually set boundaries, specific boundaries like bridges and okay. boat ramps, so that that location is always known because I think law enforcement's had some issues where, because if you have a lake like a cave run with an 18 inch smallmouth limit, if somebody's above and outside of the lake proper, then it, they're down to 12 inch size limit. So, you know, not knowing where they're at, they can say, well, you know, I'm not in the lake anymore. So, so really we set a defined boundary. Yeah, it changes because of the water levels. But it really depends on the body of water as well, because it yeah. very well may be a permanent structure like a bridge. Yes, if it's not in our special regs as listed as specific things, and it's then it is the first riffle, you know, of, of the tributaries coming into the lake. All right, uh, here's a good question because I've already got some people asking me this question. Uh, this is Will from Knott County, wants to know if there's any plan to stock rainbow trout in Laurel or Cedar Creek anytime soon. Talk to me a little bit about what's going on with trout stocking in these lakes. Uh, so in general with trout stocking, this year uh, Wolf Creek Hatchery, which provides all our trout there down below Lake Cumberland, um, they've had some production issues and we had some gaps in the numbers of fish. So we had to shift some numbers around. So people will notice that this year. Hopefully that's just this year and we'll go back to normal for everything next year. But Laurel is not getting stocked this year. We have been stocking it every year, mm -hmm. and we hope to after this year. So we're not stopping; it's just yeah, it's because we of production are short issues. fish, and we just had to make some tough calls on where we're going to put them. So I'm guessing you guys have a certain priority that that on yes. how you allocate trout. If you yeah. end up with 200,000 trout instead of two million trout, you have to then figure out what's priority one. Right. What is highest priority? Um, so access is important. Um, we look at use where that's something we're looking at more and more um, mm -hmm. to try to figure out which streams, you know, if we don't want to put a bunch of trout in the stream that mm -hmm. one person goes to for the whole year. Um, being close to population centers, if we can, you know, on Otter Creek is mm -hmm. a great example because it's right by Louisville and it, you know, so that's mm -hmm. a great place to do it. Kentucky doesn't have great trout water. Most mm -hmm. of the streams do not support trout through the summer, they get too warm. So really, we could put trout anywhere. So mm -hmm. that's why we drop back to which streams have the best temperature, the longest, good access, and then you know, will people use them? This this particular caller asked specifically about Laurel Lake and Cedar Creek, and you look at those lakes, which are really trophy lakes. I have to think that if we're trying to allow more access to people to catch them, 
putting them in those type of lakes, some of those fish are being eaten by trophy fish. Yeah, and Cedar Creek we did put them in, but we stopped, and that's mm -hmm. a usage thing. We just mm -hmm. found that the usage of those trout was really low, mm -hmm. and you know we we pay for those trout, so we want to put them where people are going to use them. So that's the reason why we stopped at Cedar Creek. There are a lot of people that want us to put them in our bass lakes just to grow bigger bass. <laughs> that's a technique that's been yeah. used in some other states. Yes. It's a pretty costly technique, though. So. Yes. For now, Laurel Lake, uh, not this year. Not We're hoping year. to get back yep. to that next year. Yep. Pending production pickups right. at uh, Wolf Creek. Yep. <clears throat> Caleb from Barron County, where are the best spots to fly fish in the state of Kentucky? That depends on what you're fishing for, but uh, wh where would you go fly fishing tomorrow? Uh, fly fishing for trout, definitely Cumberland River. Yeah. I mean, that would be the place to go. Uh, beautiful area. Uh, you know, if I'm going to go for panfish to say, in, you know, in May, I would be going to Elmer or Beaver or Corinth Lakes. Uh, those are some really great panfish lakes in the central part of the state. Um, I've had a lot of people talk about fly fishing. I've had in the past, uh, you know, even for white bass. Uh, during the spawning run. I see and people fly fishing for white bass every time I go. There's always some some people out there that are that are pulling flies and they're pretty successful. So again, there's uh, fly fishing. Uh, we always look back toward trout, but I think you can, there's a lot of opportunities even mm -hmm. for largemouth in, in a lot of these lakes if you're using again the right bait. I tell you, so. uh, someone that's very familiar to all you guys out there, a good friend of mine, Tim Farmer. He he bluegill fishes with a fly rod. He, mm -hmm. That's his favorite way to catch them. And it's something that he does. He's very good at it. Yeah, he's very, very <laughs> good at doing it as well. So don't think you have to be trout fishing. As a matter of fact, if you, if you live somewhere and you're just getting into fly fishing, go to a pond, catch, catch those bluegill, learn, learn your cast. And I'm not a very good fly fisherman, but if I was going to pick that up and become very proficient, I'd probably go to the local closest body of water and learn my cast and catch, catch fish like bluegill. Right. Tim from Campbell County wants to know what the possibility of getting a boat ramp in the Ohio River in Cumberland or Campbell County. I don't know the access areas up there. Yeah, looking would be at the specific to, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, we have a specific process for putting boat ramps in, and it, there's an application process. So, you know, he may want to talk to the county and see, you know, if they have ideas of where it would be, would be best, and then if the county or somebody can put together the application and submit it, then we review them. And we see, you know, there's a lot, we grade them based on location and, you know, the need. And Everybody like wants a boat ramp, yes. doesn't right. And yes. really working, working in cooperation with a municipality that right. will pull trash or spray it off if it, when, you know, right. if you're on a river, Water comes up when it leaves. It just doesn't leave a beautiful boat ramp. Right. It's a mess. Especially on the river, that's, you know, <laughs> it's very important to have them in the right spot. Or they're just going to, you know, sediment over, and that'll mm -hmm. be the end of it. And we have a real small engineering division, so it, you know, we only do so many. But we're putting some ramps in yes. in, in the Ohio exactly. River right now. Yeah, in Louisville, that's a Shawnee new Park. Yeah, yep. is a brand new project. Yep. So really, if you if you're in an area that you want a boat ramp. You, you really want to work to your local government and have them have them ask Fish and Wildlife for, for a boat ramp. That's a great place to start, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Ed uh, from Jefferson County wants to know if there's a website available to see all the lake levels, specifically Rough River and Taylorsville. Uh, I use the, the core website. Uh, that would probably, the problem is you're not going to get all the lakes mm -hmm. you know, for the state, but you'll get what's in the Louisville district, which Rough River, mm -hmm. 
in Taylorsville and I believe Green and Green. a lot of them are, you know, there's several of them, you know, in Kentucky that you can, you know, they've got a, what they have a daily lake report that mm -hmm. you can look at. And so that it's a great resource and it, sh you know, shows you the current levels and if it's going up or down and uh, a lot of that, a lot of that good information. Uh, other than that, you probably have USGS is they have gauges around the state uh, and you know, you would have to search for the lake that way. Yeah, so going to a one-stop shop would be tough. Unfortunately, the Army Corps of Engineers, we have several different offices that manage the watersheds in the state of Kentucky, and they're not, they're not the same website with the same look and right. feel. They're all totally different. But I will tell you that uh, if you learn how to navigate those, and if the information's up to date, it's a great place to start before you head to the water because it'll yeah. tell you dissolved oxygen levels and show you the thermocline as well. If you know how to read that yeah. chart, you can find out exactly what depth you need to not fish below. Below is exactly right. <clears throat> and that's really good information because some of our lakes, I'll get Taylorsville for example, sometimes that thermocline in the summertime will set up where if you get much more than 15, 18 feet deep, you're too deep. You're yep. very much too deep. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's even more it's shallow than that. It's shallower than that at times. So that's a, it's a great place to start. If you, if you feel like you're, you're not being real productive on those lakes, check out that, uh, that website, the Army Corps of Engineers. It might be the Louisville District for the lakes that this gentleman was asking for with Taylorsville Lake and Rough River. And, it might be the Hunt, Knoxville. Uh, it's Nashville, Nashville District and then Huntington. Huntington, Those okay. are the three that, yeah, the and if you, just, if you just search, type in Nashville Army Corps, that'll be, it'll be the first link on there or Huntington Army Corps. But give those guys a call and ask, ask about that information and uh, it's a really good place to start off before you take a fishing trip. Um, Dan in Fayette County, white bass fishing at night used to be very popular. Wants to know why that's slowed down a little bit. I think uh, at Harrington that was very popular, especially under the lights, and uh, and Harrington's population kind of uh, has been very, we'll say, up and down. Uh, we actually several years back had a die-off of white bass, and so, which has happened at the lake on occasion throughout its history. Um, you know, right now the, I think those populations are starting to come back. Uh, I just don't think as many people do that as, as much. Uh, and that may be because in certain years, you know, they, the fishing was down. But uh, that that's the only time instance I can think of that people doing that. But. Okay, I've, I've I've heard of people doing that uh, there as well. But uh, it's something I've not really done. I've not never targeted white bass at night. But that's that's interesting. May have to give that a try. Tim in Jefferson County, um, why can't you fish piers near the Ohio River? I'm not sure what he's asking about there. Any any ideas? Mm -hmm. Any rules or regulations as far as law enforcement goes on? Um, unless there's some kind of special reg there that they're not allowed to, you know, fish close to the lock or something like that that's got a special restriction. Um, other than that, I don't know. Okay. My guess would be safety. Okay. Yeah. May want to give, uh, again, make sure you give our Department of Fish and Wildlife call. And a lot of these questions that are very, very specific, you may get, to, we're, we're here to answer your questions, but you may get a more specific answer if you call because you're a biologist for what, which area? Uh, Central Fishery District. And you've got a lot of biologists that you communicate yeah, with. You might districts. be able to get a hold of a biologist yep. that knows that area very, very, uh, very, um, uh, very, uh, Closely, and, and we may not know the answer to that, but you give them a call, and they'll make sure they get you in contact with a biologist that can that can help you out. <clears throat> that number again is 1-800-858-1549. George Madison County is wanting to know why they quit taking care of Will Green Lake. I think he, I think he feels like we're not doing much of Will Green well, Lake. Well, 
Will Grain, I think, is actually for sale. Okay. So, so is it privately owned? Then? Yes. Okay. Well, the city owns it. Okay. So, um, it's I, we're still, you know, we've done stuff on it every year. We sample the fish, and and I think we stock catfish there, and uh, uh, we're putting saw guy in there, and I think we put blue cats in there. Okay. But it is for sale, so we're, you know, its status is kind of up in the air right now. Okay. All right. Janet, this is a Facebook question. Wants to know if there's a place to bank fish for stripers on Lake Cumberland near Somerset. Any ideas on any places that you'd recommend bank fishing for stripers? <clears throat> Long Probably. Dam? Well, in Somerset, though, oh, that would Somerset, be, yeah. yeah. So I don't know if like the state park has areas or, I mean, anywhere that you could find some of our boat access or our boat ramp areas may have some area alongside of them. Uh, that would be a good question, what you're talking about, is call Marcy Anderson in the Southeastern District and she'd have a much better idea of, you know, some of those specific areas. Because she probably communicates with people and knows who's catching yeah, fish down there. Yeah, the, you know, they're, they're, that's their area, so they'll know a lot of those bank fishing areas. And along with calling in, um, we have a page in our guide, which, mm -hmm. by the way, is coming out next week. Okay. Um, that has all the districts listed in their phone numbers. Okay, okay. So, you know, we'd have to have a big table to have all seven district biologists in here. But uh, so there are quite a few biologists. So you're one of seven that uh, that oversee a district. So if you want more specific information, definitely reach out to us and, and we'll be glad to give you that. That's exactly what you guys do. You love getting those phone calls and telling people, hey, here's what we're seeing, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Marty in Owen County. What happened to Eagle Creek in Owen County? He said he's not seeing a whole lot of fish there. You guys familiar with Eagle Creek in Owen County? A, a little bit. We've we've sampled it at times. We see some nice fish. Uh, again, uh, low numbers. Uh, you know, when we compare it back to Elkhorn Creek, uh, it's it's kind of like Floyd's Fork. You know, we see some nice smallmouth, just lower numbers, uh, mm -hmm. but we do see fish. Mm -hmm. um, again, this is probably part of like Jeff was talking about earlier, we do have that new stream branch. And mm -hmm. so they're gonna be looking at a lot of places like that. And we, we try to sample it again when the weather's appropriate, you know, when we, uh, in different years and we have sampled it. But um, again, we haven't seen a ton of a change, but we haven't been on it for a while too. Getting to a question here about smallmouth bass. I've got a question here from Dan, wants to know why uh, Lake Malone and Bashir are, are not being stocked with smallmouth bass. I, I don't know if they are or not, but. No, and we actually don't <laughs> stock, we stocked smallmouth years ago, more of a study on Elkhorn, mm -hmm. um, just checking survival of different, raising them on minnows versus pellets. It was more of a research study, but we don't even have them in our uh, hatcheries right now, so uh, that's not, and the, the, you know, smallmouth have a very specific kind of temperature habitat that they need a cooler water habitat a lot of times in the lakes and I don't think either one of those lakes would probably support them very well. It takes a very unique yep. lake to support smallmouth bass, yep. doesn't it? Yes, yep. it does. Um, and I know there was another question here about Paintsville Lake. At one point in time, we did stock some smallmouth yeah, in there. Yeah, we did stock and them how, there. And how did that turn out? They, they just didn't take very well. Uh, them, the walleye and the smallmouth there have struggled um, so, it, and it's probably is, you know, the same thing with habitat and not having the right cool temperature during the summer for them. Mm -hmm. So that, you know, we did stock them there, but they just did not take very well. We've had a lot of lakes that we've stocked them in that didn't, didn't take well. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I have a question from Avery, who's eight years old. He lives in Barron County. He wants to know, apparently he wants to catch bass. He wants to know what the best way, best lure to catch bass with. <laughs> How can we help Avery out? <laughs> There's a lot of different lures. Uh, I think for a kid, I think uh, just starting out with a, a plastic worm mm -hmm. is, is a great way to go. It's easy. It's, I think you just try to keep it simple mm -hmm. uh, for a kid especially. Uh, and that's always a, a go-to, you know, even on a bad day, it's a good go-to bait. So, mm -hmm. uh, I'd, you know, I'd start with something like that before I would, you know, move up toward, you know, crate baits and all this other stuff. <clears throat> and I'll tell you what, if, if, if young Avery's wanting to handle the, those uh, fish and take them off the hook, those treble hooks can be rough on an eight-year-old. <laughs> you got to be very cautious. So uh, I think something uh, soft plastic would probably be a really, really good way to go. And you don't have to move it that much. Just cast it out there and move it a little bit, especially when the water's cold. Good luck to you, Avery. Send us a picture. Make sure when you catch that fish, you send us a picture of the ones that didn't get away. <clears throat> Very interested in seeing that. Larry from Franklin County. How bad did the uh, whiskey spill hurt the Kentucky River below Frankfurt? What'd you guys see? That's, there's been some questions come through about, I haven't seen them here, but I read them on Facebook. So I know we have some questions on the whiskey spill. What can you guys tell us? It uh, impacted <clears throat> pools three and two uh, pretty significantly. So, I mean, we, we saw quite a few fish in that area. It did impact a little bit further, you know, below that also. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, it, it killed several fish. Yeah. It was a pretty good impact to that to that river. People want to know what the uh, recovery plan is going to be and how we're going to use the funds. And at this point in time, we don't even know what the funds are going to be, right? Yeah, they're still in you know legal process, so we don't know that. I mean, we have stocked, and we continue to stock musky, um, sauger. We put some blue cats in. Mm -hmm. uh, we're else? stocking hybrids in the upper part of the river, which a lot of those will funnel down uh, toward those pools. So. There will be some natural you know, movement to mm -hmm. fill in as well. But we're not trying to hide anything at this no, point in time. That, no. that, this, this is uh, still legally pending, yep. and there's really no answers that we have right. for that right now. Um, Caldwell County, um, what is the best place to fish for white bass on Lake Barkley? I guess that's going to depend on what time of year you're fishing for them too. But yeah, I think, any ideas on a good way to target white bass? I think on they get them along those, you know, the creek channels in the lake for sure. Mm -hmm. I think they a lot of people troll, and I think mm -hmm. I don't know what else they use for them out there. I know the creek channels, you know, it's a good area to target for sure. Okay. Hey, we're getting tons of questions today. We definitely appreciate you reaching out. There's, there, there's tons of information out there about fishing in the state of Kentucky. This, please make sure that if you have a question that we didn't get to, that you either reach out to us or you go to our website. There's so much information on there. Uh, like I said, there is a new app that's going to be coming out. It's going to be later on in the year. When it comes out, look for it. You're going to want to make sure you download that on your phone. It's got all kinds of great information on it. <clears throat> Adrian from uh, Mason County, what is the best month to start bluegill fishing? Well, you can bluegill fish any month, but what's the best month to catch bluegill? Uh, I think the best month is May. I mean, yeah. that's when they're going to be um, spawning. That's when they'll be on their nests and in, in, in pretty good groups. Uh, and they're, they're, they're pretty easy to catch at that time, too. So I think May is the best time. But, you know, we were on a lake the other day, and we saw them catching uh, bluegill and red ear on that lake, you know, a couple of weeks ago. So, yeah, I think you can catch them just about any time. Uh, and, but May is probably about the best time. 
We have a, a gentleman here from Spencer County. This is not a fisheries question, but I'm going to get to it because he's 48 years old and he wants to know if a career with the Kentucky Department of Fish and Wildlife is still an option for his age. If so, how does he go about it? Interestingly enough, we hire some seasonal people yep. and, uh, and a lot of times it's people just like him that like to fish, that wants to be a krill clerk. Give us a call. Yes, we have several crew clerks, that, several of them have been, you know, he, he may not be retired, but we've actually, Jeff's got a I'm great retired. crew clerk that's worked for several years for him. He's retired, he does a great job. Get to ride out on the lake, you know, several <laughs> times a month and talk to all the anglers, find out where they're catching fish. I mean, it's, it's a good job. I know some people that have done that, and they absolutely love that job. Yep. <laughs> Alan, and, you know, there's other careers too. I mean, oh, yeah. you really, yep. if you want to know about fish and wildlife, it's the you go through the the personnel portal yep. and you go mm -hmm. log on. You tell them what you're interested in, and you'll get a notification about every job opening within the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just talking about one in specific, but there's permanent careers, and hey, 48, 48 is not too old no. to start a career with the Department of Fish and Wildlife. Alan from Barron County wants to know what happened to the smallmouth in Barron County. A lot of people want to know about uh, smallmouth bass, and it's a very difficult species in some of these lakes. Um, yeah, and I don't know, you know, if he's talking streams or or what. But a lot of it comes down to habitat. I mean, yeah, we've kind of talked about that. Even in the lakes where they they don't do well, it's generally a habitat or water quality issue. Same thing in streams. You know, we get a, a lot of our streams deal with a lot of habitat manipulations, degradation, a lot of siltation, uh, and that really affects smallmouth, which, you know, needs some pretty, you know, quality water to, to survive. Yeah, high water in the spring can really impact them, too. Yeah. We've got some locations people are asking about. Want to know about reopening Big Bone Lake. Anybody know anything about Big Bone in Grant County? Uh, Big Bone, uh, they had a leak issue, okay. uh, and they had to drain it uh, because they were worried about the, the dam failure. Mm -hmm. um, to my knowledge, there's no uh, mm. no plans of fixing that. Mm -hmm. So because uh, that that's state parks, that's on their property. Mm -hmm. So uh, I, as of right now, I mean, I know of no uh, no no plans of them fixing that lake. Okay, John from Harrison County. Hey, this is an interesting question. He wants to know why the Alabama rig was banned. Alabama rig was not banned. It's not right? banned, and uh, there are some states that have restrictions on number of hooks and such. Mm -hmm. But in Kentucky, it's allowed. It's allowed now. There are some tournaments that have banned it, but that's not that's not a yeah. ban that came from the Department of Fish. Right, and there's no regulation. Now you got to be cautious if you are fishing lakes that go into Tennessee, because I think their rules and regs are three hooks, if I'm not mistaken. Don't quote me on that. You have to check <laughs> with Tennessee. But I think the rules and regulations are different in Tennessee for Alabama rig or multiple hook. Rigs, but uh, Alabama rigs alive and well in the state of Kentucky. <laughs> uh, Rick from Woodford County, um, are you allowed to fish on the Corps of Engineer property on Kentucky River near Woodford County? Any information, or you guys have any information on that? Uh, I'm guessing they're maybe talking about High Bridge. Uh, all those, I believe, a lot of those locks and dams on the Kentucky River are owned by the Kentucky River Authority. Okay. And so it would be. Uh, my guess is no. Because uh, they, again, that's a dangerous spot to mm -hmm. be, uh, especially if you fall in. Uh, but you probably want to check with the K Kentucky River Authority on that. Okay. Anthony from Powell County wants to know if krill limits reset at midnight for night fishing purposes. He wants to know how, how can he, if he fishes from, puts in at dark and catches his limit, does it start over at midnight? Technically, it's... it does because it's a new day. It's a new krill limit. No, um, you just can't go over your possession limit for 
two or three days or whatever it is what that he's fishing for. So yeah, and, and most of you, most of your possession limits is twice your crew limits yes. in most situations, right? So I tell you what, uh, our, our anglers out there they're they're getting more savvy mm -hmm. with the law because we didn't they get are. as many questions. They've been very good questions, but we didn't get as many questions for you tonight. No, so your your first day on the job here, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's been pretty easy. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Danny from Campbell County, how do the catfish at AJ Jolly look this year? Any ideas there? Uh, they, we haven't sampled them for a little bit, uh, but when we have done like hoop nets for the channels, mm -hmm. they look they look good. Okay, good. Uh, we haven't looked at the blues for a while, and so, but you know, they should be doing well. They they have been in the past, but this guy wants to catch uh, lizards and salamanders in the Danny Boone Forest and fish with them. Is there any rules or regulations on that? Yeah. That'd be, have to be something with the forester if they had yeah, that, I would that check with a special them. rig. We, we do in our live bait for personal use rig have specific amounts of each type okay. of live bait. So okay. he wants to make sure what he knows what he's collecting and talk to the forest service first. Um, Boone County question here, rainbow trout restocking. Wants to know, uh, we've already talked a little bit about that. Um, there was also a question about walleye stocking in Laurel Lake. Are we still? Yeah, still yeah we stock that every year. All right. I'd say what everybody wants to catch walleye and soccer. And it's a, those are great questions this time of year because yep. this is the time of year to, to fish for, for those those particular species. They're cold water fish, and this is a great time to go after them. Hey, this is a good time for me to let you know that Kentucky Field will be preempted for the next two weeks. So make sure you join us. We're going to be back on the air on March 14th, and we're going fishing. Make sure you tune in and see what we caught. <laughs>